Merry Christmas. My name is Ricky Jones, and I want to thank you so much for coming to worship with us this evening. And uh, in our 17th annual uh, Christmas service, we've done this every year, but one year we got snowed out by a blizzard. Uh, rain does not count as blizzard. And uh, actually, honestly, I'd rather get out in the snow than the rain. I'm proud of you all for coming. Uh, I'm thankful to worship with you tonight and to celebrate uh, the coming of Christ and the bringing of light into the world. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this service, that is what we are doing. We're celebrating that Christ is uh, the light of the world, that he, those who come to him no longer have to walk in darkness. And we will uh, continue uh, lighting, the, uh, lighting the candles throughout the service, singing uh, some of your favorite hymns and listening to the declarations of Christ uh, and his coming. And then, and I do this every year, it's the most futile moment of my life, but I'm going to explain to you how to light the candles, okay? This is very important. All right, Shane, Josh, and I are going to walk down the middle aisles, and we're going to have a candle lit, and we're going to hold our candle straight up, okay? This is how you hold a candle that's been lit, straight up. If you have a candle that's not lit, you hold it at an angle. Simple. It is so simple. None of you are going to do it, every single one of you are going to lean the lit candle over and you're going to pour wax all over your little baby's hands and it's your fault, not mine. <laughs> so there, I've, I've, I've explained how to do it. I don't know how else clearly I can be. Thank you so much for coming to worship with us. And uh, please stand now as we sing this wonderful gathering song, O Come All Ye Faithful. Triumphant, oh come ye, oh 
Our first lesson this evening comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2, 6, and 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelled in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. comes from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until he had given, she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's rise. is from Luke 2, 4 through 19. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was out of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths 
and lied him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel in a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart.
fourth lesson comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, and it reads, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise man secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come to worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, who is light in darkness, we thank you for your holy character that is unmoving, consistent, righteous, and loving. We thank you for your commitment to your people that's so strong that you sent your Son for us. We thank you for your word that gives us direction and provides light in the darkness, for your love that holds us close and provides assurance we will never be snatched out of your hand. For your gentle compassion in our sorrows and griefs, where we feel the warmth of your arms around us. We thank you for your consistent faithfulness through all of life's highs and lows, for your patience and understanding when we are doubting and confused, for your spirit that enlightens our eyes, opens our ears, prepares our hearts to receive your mercies anew each morning. For your grace that removes our guilt and covers our shame, for your sovereign rule and control over all circumstances. You're a creator, father, king, friend, shepherd, rock, refuge, strength, comforter. You are peace. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. You are our salvation and our Lord. We thank you for your many blessings and pray all of this in your son's most wonderful name. Amen. This year we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the beginning of this denomination, the PCA. And uh, there's something you need to know. In 1973, when... Um, the churches left the original, the, the original churches in our denomination left their, um, their denomination, the PCUSA. They did so uh, with a threat, with a sacrifice. They were told, if you leave, you're going to lose your building, which most of them did, uh, and you're going to lose your pension. And uh, a lot of those people had been, a lot of those men had been in the denomination for a long time and been serving for a long time. And, uh, and they left their pensions behind and in order to support them, the denomination began uh, what they called the Widow's Relief Fund. Uh, they knew the men were likely going to work until they died, and most of them did. And they also knew the women were in much better condition and were going to live for a long time. And, uh, and they did. And so they uh, formed this fund to take care of their wives without a pension. And that, uh, that is a ministry that has continued to this day. It's, uh, it's evolved in some wonderful ways when... Uh, a pastor dies tragically, like one of my friends did uh, about 15 years ago. His wife got remarried today. 
um, when that happens, uh, the, the denomination comes alongside her and says, not only, uh, you know, we're sorry, how can we feed you, but what would it take to train you? Uh, what would it take to pay for college? What would it take to find you a job where you can, where you can uh, provide for yourself and your family uh, in a way that's comfortable? They did that uh, with one of the women in our church when her husband um, divorced her and left her. And they're still doing that. It's a great ministry, and it is supported almost solely. And I say almost because I'm sure there's somewhere else, but solely from the offerings that are given on uh, Christmas Eve worship services like this across the country. And so while we sing this next song, you'll have an opportunity to give. Um, if you're one of the three or four people who brought a checkbook, you're, willing to, you're welcome to write a check. But we also do have uh, the QR code in the bulletin with some information uh, about this ministry if you'd like to give. So uh, as we uh, stand and sing What Child Is This, please uh, take this opportunity to give generously. Final lesson comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. You may wonder why it sounds so different than the rest of the gospel texts. It's because John wrote his much later and wanted to draw together uh, the theological themes from the entire Bible. And so it goes back to the very first words of the Bible. 
Uh, please stand for the reading of God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light and all that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. This far the reading of God's Word. All men are like grass, and all of our glories like the flowers of the field. And the grass withers and the flowers fall, but not God's Word. God's Word stands forever. You may be seated. This morning, as is our tradition, when, when Sunday falls on Christmas Eve or Christmas, I did a little uh, children's sermon instead of a typical uh, children's sermon. I don't know. Um, sermon. Uh, and I had big plans. I had big plans for this sermon. I had, I had a flamethrower. Um, and I was going to talk about God, the way God revealed himself to the people and his, his people in the Old Testament and how his first way of coming to Abraham and to the Israelites was through flame of fire. And then how he came to the Israelites uh, during the day through basically a tornado that, that lit upon the altar, upon the Ark of the Covenant. And how at night, just to make sure they got the picture, he was a tornado of fire. <laughs> and I was so excited about this. And I was going to talk about how frightening that would be. I can't even imagine something more frightening than a tornado of fire. I really can't even imagine a tornado of fire. And I was going to explain, I was going to go from there to talking about coming as a baby. And I was going to talk about how coming as a baby is so much less frightening. And it's so much more appealing. I mean, if a, a flame of fire just says to you, come, give me a hug, you're going to say no. But when you see a baby, you can't help yourself. You're like, can I hug it? And so I was going to talk about how much less frightening a baby is. And I want you to know like, that, was, that was the that was the lesson for this morning until yesterday when I realized, Ricky, that is the biggest lie you've ever told in your life. You know there is nothing more frightening than a positive pregnancy test. Tornadoes you can run away from or get in the basement. But when that nurse holds out that baby, you got to take it. And you know everything changes. And you're terrified. You're terrified that you might break it. I mean, so little. You're terrified that, that now, if I take this baby, I'm crossing the line. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm an adult. I'm a parent. If I want to just leave the house and go get a cheeseburger and watch football at the local bar for a few hours. I can't. I got a baby at home. Everything's different. The line has been crossed. If, if I have a baby, I'm responsible. 
My money is no longer my money. It's our money. I've got mouths to feed. I've got a life that depends upon me. I don't get to just do whatever I want to do. I don't get to be whatever I want to be. Everything is changed by this, by this baby. And when Jesus comes to us as a baby, we're told the, 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 the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, His presence was no less startling. It was more startling. Because at that point, Christianity stops being a tradition. It stops being a legend that you can kind of believe, and it's encouraging. It stops being a mediocre bedtime story. Eh. It's got some pretty weird stuff in there. And it becomes a person. And you know that baby changes everything. If you pick up this baby, if you come to him and you claim him and you let him claim you, if you pick up this baby, you're crossing the line. You're no longer just one of the people. You are one of his followers. If you pick up this baby... Your stuff is no longer your stuff. Your life is no longer your life. As, as Tim Keller used to say, you have to take your hands off the steering wheel. And you don't know where he's going to send you. And you don't know how he's going to take you there. I was telling some friends just at the beginning of the service, this last four months has been the best decade of my life. It's long and hard and it has, and nothing, it has in no way resembled anything that I had on my 2023 bingo card. This is not where I expected to be. It's not how I expected to get here. Jesus didn't ask. He just says, follow me. Over and over through the New Testament, we hear him saying those words, just follow me. Where are we going? Follow me. Can I, do I need to go pack a bag? Follow me. Um, how's this trip going to turn out? Follow me. And he doesn't change. Just like those little babies look at you and go, you're a daddy now. You're a mommy. How's this going to work out? How many times are you going to break my heart? You're a mommy. Buckle up. It, it takes a courage to follow Jesus. It takes a courage to take your hands off the steering wheel of your life. It takes a courage to say, yes, I'm going to be numbered among those people. And ultimately, it takes a moral courage to admit that you just can't be who you know you ought to be. At the end of the day... Um, there's the parents in the world who end up being good parents are the ones who, before they pick up the baby or very soon after, are willing to admit, I don't know how to do this. There's been great, there's a great little research thing done on people who bought the book, um, What to Expect When You're Expecting. It was kind of the original or one of the original parenting books. And what they found out was. The parents who bought the book, what to, what to Expect When You're Expecting, were better parents. But it had nothing to do with anything in the book. They were just the ones who were willing to admit, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't be a parent. In the same way, the people who follow after Jesus, the people who pick up this baby, are the ones who admit, I have tried and I have tried, and I cannot be what I know I ought to be. I can't. And we call that moral courage. And those are the ones who come to the baby and say, whatever you require, I will give. I will follow you. 
and he receives us and he gives us the right to become children of God. He gives us a new name and a new family and he begins to change us from the inside using that humility, using that daily confession that I'm just, I'm not what I ought to be, but I'm, I'm willing to be changed by you. And he conforms us into the very image of his son. And he takes those of us who walked in the darkness, who lived in the valley of great darkness, and he makes us into his lights, into the light of the world. Please pray with me. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for sending your Son who would come to his own people and even they would not receive him. And Father, we confess that you came to us and we would not receive him. And we didn't believe, and we didn't believe for a lot of reasons. But ultimately, Lord, you gave us faith. And you gave us the name of ch- to be the children of God. And even now, Lord, we hear that invitation. And some of us, Lord, have heard that invitation for the first time in these last few weeks. And some of us have heard it for the 10,000th time. And all of us confess we cannot be what we know we ought to be unless we pick up this baby and we let him change everything about us. Father, so we do that right now. We accept your invitation. We open our hearts. And we ask you to come in and make a home not only near us, but in us. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Please stand as we sing our final song.
Y'all look so pretty. It was a night not to do unlike this in, uh, in December when Jesus stood up at the Feast of Dedication, what we call Hanukkah today usually, and said, I am the light of the world. If anyone is in the darkness, let him come to me, and he will find the light of life. And then later he would say, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on the hillside that cannot be hidden. Let your good works shine forth before men, that they may honor your Father in heaven. Amen. Go in peace. Merry Christmas.